0: You're listening to Canary Cry Radio. Now here are your hosts, Basil and Gons.
1: Hey everyone, welcome again to Canary Cry Radio. Thanks for tuning in this week. My name is Basil.
2: And I'm Gons, and we spoke to Matthew Miller.
1: Yes, yes we did. Well, well you did. Well yeah, I spoke to
2: Matthew Miller. Basil was in his uh, flying saucer. Yes, I was there, traveling across the state.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I was. I wasn't here. At Gonza took the reins and steered the ship very well. I would say, with a wonderful talk, with um, a very smart man. A yeah. very smart man.
2: Yeah, and Matthew Miller has been on the Iron Show with Johnny Iron, and he's uh, been a guest blogger on Ellie Marzuli's blog site, and. Um, he just has a very unique perspective, a lot of knowledge um, that I certainly couldn't keep up with. I, I a, was lot a lot of knowledge. There's just
1: so much going on with the information that he has to say, and it's great. It's amazing information. You gotta pay attention, though. Yeah. You gotta he, listen. I I had to sit and listen to it, and you, you really gotta, you know, you really gotta know your stuff. Have Google by you, but. It is uh, wonderful and eye-opening. All, all, all the, uh, all the more. Is that what I'm
2: trying to say? I think so. And I think um, our listeners will benefit from all the show note links that Matthew himself provided for us. It includes the Azimuth map and all sorts of links and stories and, and various things. So, yeah. So I, hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. And um, he has a weird Skype connection thing that happens where his voice sounds like he's coming out of a cage or something. I don't know how to explain it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you talking about.
1: But, where he sounds um, like he's
2: gargling water.
1: Right, but it's okay, you know? Uh, it just makes him that much more interesting to listen to. And on <laughs> top of the gargling water, he also talks a lot about uh, time travel.
2: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that's cool is he kind of merges a lot of the scientific knowledge that we've gained And makes it fit really well with biblical prophecy and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, he he covers a lot of ground. He talks about Primus Numerus and Primus Resurrexorit, which um, I'm sure many of you who've never heard those phrases are going, what the heck is that? And we're sort of saying that too. Right. Uh, He touches on the divine counsel. We talk about some of David Flynn's work. We talk about Bible mechanics, and right. um, it's this whole way of looking at the Bible and, and Bible prophecy and, and all this stuff, so it's um it's very interesting. He talks about the signs in the heavens. Uh, he also brings up the topic of Christians not being aware or alert of some of the things going on, not just in the world, but with understanding the Bible,
1: right. pretty big things too
2: yeah yeah definitely and I you know we touch on all sorts of stuff I try to bring up you know DMT and drugs and what his views are on that and spiritual entities and he talks about Jacob's ladder and I mean the sons of God coming back and and just all sorts of stuff so hopefully you guys will get something out of this
1: yeah so uh, let's give it a go and um, we'll see you guys on the other side
3: Most people do not understand the root of replacement theology. It eludes them, it escapes them. Now, they fail to recognize from their lack of historical research that this thing was put in place for a reason. This happened uh, several hundred years ago with replacement theology, but the idea come about that the Christian church had replaced the Jews in prophecy. Now, this has buried the entire <laughs> the entire premise by which you can understand what is to come. Okay. It's that quite simple. And these two sticks, they can be seen uh, woven throughout the entirety of the Bible. It just goes over and over and over. It's explained to you through... Both Joseph and his brother Benjamin, uh, one that died, went down to the pit, and the other one that would not be taken away from the father. That is probably the best example of it. Of course, another example of it is, going back even to Cain and Abel, uh, that archetypal story is the story of Sanctus Supplentum. Now, most people don't understand what sanctus supplantum is. That is the two sticks in his hands. He talks about this many times, even within the Garden of Gethsemane. Most people, they never get past the first layer of the scripture when it talks very plainly that the Father has some that are in his hands and the... Uh, King of creation, the Lord Jesus Christ, makes it explicitly clear that there are also those with which reside in his hands. And these two sticks are primus numerus, and the other half of that stick is primus resurrexerit. It is how, when the Lord your God gave the promise to his servant Abraham... He looked up into the heavens and he said, Behold, your seed will become as the stars in right. the heavens. And on the other hand, he said, Look to the sand on the seashore, so shall your seed be numbered. So, even from this promise, if you don't understand their purpose and the reason why they must take their places, uh, many books of the Bible remain in complete and utter confusion to your mind if you can't understand these principles. Uh, take us for example, you don't have a clue about the entirety of the book of Obadiah if you don't understand exactly who and exactly what he's talking about. That's why within the scripture is that one A very special term that's used in some translations, that they will be ruled by capricious sons. Well, that, the etymology of that word capricious, it's very interesting and it's very plain if you just take the time to study it. But this is the
0: point.
3: This has always been the point. When you read the book of Daniel, you're told very clearly about this day when there is war in the heavens. And we know through uh, everybody's favorite book, the book of Revelation, exactly the tale and how it ensues. It happens, well, quite like this, that one-third of the stars, they are kicked out of heaven. When they fall, uh, they are forbidden to go back up, as most people call Jacob's ladder. Right. Um. And you need to understand that they have been numbered, they have been counted, and their number must remain. It must remain. Hmm. That is the entire purpose of Primus Numerus. Uh, They, whenever the Lord our God comes back on his day, uh, that is uh, made perfectly clear on the sixth seal. You are told that that is the day of he who sits upon the throne. The Old Testament is very clear in the simple fact that this is the day that we go back to the days of Noah. It says that he comes down in a fury on Mount Paran. Now, we know that to be geographically speaking in what you know to be the Hejaz, that place that is Mecca and Medina. That's why all Muslims know this. If you go up to a Muslim and ask them, they will tell you. That the fire of the great tribulation begins there. They know this. Hmm. Um, It's Christians that do not know these things. Um, Now, historically, Christians did know this. But once the arguing ensued uh, over the pope… Now, um, everybody needs to understand that the fighting between the two, it's really the Protestants' fault. Uh, They're the ones that come out and said that the pope was the Antichrist. Right. Once that happened, uh, once we were the first ones to cast the stone, so to speak, it utterly uh, confused everything. Now, that's why uh, most people do not understand that uh, if they are uh, futuristic in their eschatology, they're dead wrong. That's why if they are historical in their eschatology they are equally as dead wrong because if you do not understand that the lord your god has told you this that there is nothing new under the sun that which has been is that thing which will be he goes again to tells you a very strange tale he tells you that he chases after what has been he just told you that the maya are correct new agers are correct And when you follow the historical path that this will take you down, you realize that really the only biblical eschatological approach is isochronal eschatology. And through that, we're able to understand history. Uh, Take, for example, uh, Josephus. Now, most people eradicate the fact, and they do not remember, that he himself said in Book 10 that what had happened was because… The Romans were prophesied to make Jerusalem and Judea desolate. Most people ignore this. They don't realize that it is also the 12th legion that was sent back at this very time, which was slaughtered by Simon. Mm -hmm. This, of course, answers what happened before. What happened before was the angel came down and slaughtered 185,000 Assyrians. They failed to realize that the 12th legion was, of course, the Assyrian Legion. They were comprised entirely of Assyrians. Right. So once you understand these things, once you have a grasp on what it is that the Bible's talking about, then you realize that well, when the Bible talks about Primus Numerus, it's everybody's favorite number 144,000. Once you understand that what happens in uh, those two chapters in the Bible, you realize that, well, that very famous chapter says that, I looked and behold, and standing upon Mount Zion was the 144,000. It comes right out and tells you exactly what Obadiah is talking about. They have been replaced. Uh, The father has came down. He has kicked us off our axis. We go back to the days of known. At that point in time, they are locked down here in a cage, uh, even as... Uh, well, Isaiah says it, Jeremiah says it, they all say it. Uh, they all say it in different ways in different shapes and different forms. But through this process, um, if you don't understand exactly what he's talking about, you don't realize why the Bible says what it says. You, 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 you become very confused when you get to Isaiah chapter 26 when he is very point blank in telling you exactly who Primus Numerus is he comes right out and tells you that they are uh, confused they don't understand what has happened they have given birth even unto the wind hmm. when you read those those things you become very confused if you don't understand what he's talking about but this is the point that that if you don't understand primus numerus it is absolutely impossible for uh, you to understand uh, even the book of revelation now you know you talk about uh The most popular chapters in the Bible, and everybody knows about the 144,000, but they don't take time to really understand that this is isochronal eschatology, and what we're talking about here is a third time as a charm. You see, the Assyrian, he comes in, and he comes in. That's why they ask, are you coming for spoil? No, he's coming to slaughter the innocents. That's what he's coming for, murder. Now, so when we go back to, uh, and we read very simple things, um, you know, uh, most everybody will say, well, there's some strange things about Primus Numerus. Uh, No lie can be found upon their lips. They have not defiled themselves with women. Well, if you go to a local university and you ask them at what point can a child lie, they will immediately tell you two years. Um, You can ask any speech therapist this, because a child cannot form three-phrase sentences until after they're two years old, until after they have their teeth. This is just a simple fact of the matter. Right. So when you understand that, then it makes sense. Oh, I see. They cannot speak, and then the very chilling tale of what the Lord Jesus Christ says, woe be into pregnant women and nursing mothers. You begin to understand exactly what the Bible says because when you get three or four layers down, gosh, you have to understand that if you can see the Greek, it comes right out and tells you. Right. You see, because the Bible don't have any numbers. It has letters. If you read the hundred and forty four thousand it actually says this. It says RMD. And then it says Decos. The problem is, is that Decos when you use Iosophy, Iosophy is the uh, Greco-alphanumeric. You understand that calculates to 730. So literally, if you can read Greek, it comes out and tells you one four four two two years.
0: Hmm.
3: It literally tells you right out in broad daylight. That's why… Everybody knew this a thousand years ago. Right. You see, that's why when you go back to the Coptic text, and that's why we call them Coptics. We call them names. Right. Everybody needs to understand that uh, Coptics are the original occupants of Egypt. They are the Christians. You see, the Muslims, they come in later. Right. Actually, uh, the true Egyptians are the Coptics. And if you read their literature, they come out and plainly tell you that uh, the slaughter in Bethlehem is directly related to the 144,000. Um, hmm. So they have that in their back pocket, but they have been separated from us uh, by that simple usage of the term Coptic. Um, it's, it's really nowadays considered a bad word, so nobody researches their text of which I have been able to read their manuscripts through. Uh, interlibrary loan, when I went to an institution of higher learning, uh, my professor, Wilbur Williams, was also a world-renowned archaeologist. So he had access to these things, and I was actually able to take a look at quite a lot of their documents. So it's through division, divide-conquer, divide-conquer, divide-and-conquer, that all of this information has been laid waste inside of the fact that we will forever fight with our brothers right now whether that be uh the baptists fighting with the methodist or the protestants fighting with the catholics or we even have better ones we have conservatives uh that fight with what many people call uh those churches that are fluent in the gifts of the spirit see right the charismatic right charismatic Mm -hmm. it's it's always, it's always divide and conquer because your enemy understands that is the way to do it. I mean, right. that's the very reason why that in that infamous chapter, you read that the Lord your God tells you that the wall was on sides of them to the left and to the right. He says that multiple times. There's a reason for it. But when you begin to understand these things, everything begins to make sense when you realize that up on Mount Zion, these stars have been replaced now, in doing so, you understand that uh, once Satan and his host that have legal jurisdiction over you, they must be replaced here, even as the sand has been counted on the seashore. Oh. That process is facilitated by Primus Resurrectorate. Um, that is why uh, the king, one of his titles is, of course, Primus Necros. He is the firstborn from the dead. Now we get that um, that story is, is is very plain in the latter chapters of the Bible it really has an entire chapter <laughs> assigned to it so you, you understand uh, all about them there in chapter 20 okay so once you're able to wrap your mind around what's going on all of a sudden everything makes sense all of a sudden uh, Isaiah chapter 21 22 23 they make sense. Now you know who he's talking about. Now you understand uh, so many scriptures, um, most scriptures that nobody understands. They, they, they can't comprehend what the Lord's talking about because these things must come true. And the secret inside of here is, of course, the technon epigalia the seed of the promise. We are the children of the promise. We, hopefully, (laughs) are going to be the bride. But that process must be facilitated out just like it was before. Mm. And how it worked itself out before was this, that we are called the woman and we are taken to a place where we will be tested. Just like the Bible says, both Daniel and Revelation plainly tell you this, you will be taken to a place for... A mued, a mued, and chisti—that is a time, a time, and half a time. Hmm. Everybody knows this, right? So, that is the fast-forward version. Um, I could literally spend weeks. Now, I've given entire seminars on this subject. I could do an entire seminar on all the scriptures on primus numerus i could do all i could do an entire seminar on all the scriptures pertaining to primus Resurrectorate. they are mentioned so many times it's really quite redundant how many times they're 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 mentioned and once you understand them then you begin to get excited and uh, wow they're everywhere uh, many of my pupils tell me they will begin – my phone will begin to ring off the hook as they say, man, they're right there. That's, that's that. That's that. I see them everywhere. Right. Well, you do see them everywhere because that is the mystery the Bible talks about. In Revelation, what it says, the mystery will be revealed as it was given to the prophets. This is the revelation. This uh. is how – you see, this is how the capricious sons will rule over them. Now the Jewish rabbis they know this. They know it. Right. It's just because we have a divide even between um the seed of the promise and the seed of Judah because even we have been divided. Um you can't get to that knowledge. You 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 have to uh befriend a rabbi first and that is not an easy task but to speak with a a uh, rabbi about the scriptures uh, is a very, very rare privilege. Uh, most of them will not even get into your presence, let alone speak with you. Right. So, so our enemy has been absolutely perfect in his time to attack, his method, and his mode to keep these things from the woman. Because if the woman does not know these things. When the time of testing comes, and it will come, just like he said many, many times before, he said it over and over and over and over and over, when that time comes, the woman will not enter into her brideship because their faith will fail them. They won't Hmm. understand what is mechanically happening around them. They won't understand that they cannot ride the eagle's wings because they cannot be in two places at one time. They're not magical. Right. I, I know everybody thinks that the host of heaven are magic, but they're not. Um, they can be standing here beside me, or they can be standing on the other side of the country right beside you. However, they cannot be standing in two places at one time. Right. So they're still and finite in that sense. That's right. That's right. They're finite. So while the war is going on over our heads, We cannot be taken to the place that has been prepared for us. We cannot be. Hmm. And it's in that window of time. That is why the prophecies of Daniel equal 45 days. That's also why he uses the number 1,290 and 1,335. That is the difference between that and 1,260 is this. Time will be confused. Hmm. You need to understand that the Bible is very explicit. That when the Father comes down, he kicks us off our axis. He takes within his fold Primus Numerus. He goes back up to heaven. We're knocked off our axis. We will be wobbling. We will be changing in speed. We will actually be changing in velocity as we go through the heavens. We will be speeding up. Now, this is going to have just exactly the opposite effect as the great flood. It's like like being in a drag car and you're going really fast and you slam on the brakes that's what happened to us last time right this time it will be the opposite effect and and many people can't understand that's why the bible says what it says uh, many of those mechanical things um, they can't understand because um, well you know we both know that you don't have to be a physics expert to go to heaven you don't have to be a mathematics expert to go to heaven but all of these scriptures really detail these things. It's just kind of hard for people to understand.
2: Right. Just in your little rant there, there's so many directions that I want to, I mean, these things kept popping up, but I'm kind of letting you go and then maybe we'll tackle some of these things. But um, one of the things that this show that canary cry radio that we try to do is sort of find that reconciliation point between what the physicists and the scientists are discovering about the nature of the universe and what the Bible tells us about what we should expect. And I did hear you talk about time changing or dilating basically. And it makes complete sense. You know, when you, when you say we get kicked off our axis, I mean, time itself is based on gravity, but it makes sense. Time is going to change our, our experience of time is going to be all messed up. but. let me ask you this, because I, I, I kind of want to get your take on this. Um, have you heard of the Divine Council, uh, the work of Dr. Michael Heiser? <laughs> uh, yes, okay, yes, okay, I've heard of it. Okay, I'm I'm pretty sure you had. But how, how does that tie into what you're what you're describing here, or or does it? Is, is it uh, completely out of left field, or is it? Because um, to me, it seems like there's some connection there. What you were talking about with the seats getting replaced and and some of these ideas, it makes sense in the context of a divine council where there was, uh, there were these uh, divine beings sort of, you know, taking authority or dominion, if you will, over certain areas of the planet, uh, the table of nations, you know, that we talk about in Deuteronomy 32, eight. And, you know, that authority being handed over to Satan you know in Luke 10 Satan says the authority of the kingdoms were given to me and now he has the authority to give it to whoever he wants whoever worships him how does that all tie into what you're talking about here
3: well you need to understand that the divine council was never fired that is how uh, your enemy was able to approach the Lord Jesus Christ the king the one he is the one he is not a a portion of the one he is not a division of the one he is the one right that's how he was able to go to him and 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 tempt him and say all of the nations or princes let's get to the point princes right uh have been delivered into my hand and i can do with them whatever they want to right so that's why the lord didn't say well you're lying satan that's not right no he never said that right. so uh it's not that the Divine Council is a theory. That's a fact. Right. This, this term, the Divine Council, that basically does come from Mr. Heiser, but I knew about it four decades ago. And Mr. Heiser has done very well work. He has been able to take uh, one specific topic that has been divided and conquered and divided and conquered and divided and conquered. And uh, now I've even had uh, Roman Catholics Ask me about Mr. Heiser work So uh, he's done a very good job At bringing this back into the To the family of God So right. uh, We certainly want to give him credit that way But understand this I'm going to read to you Straight out of the Encyclopedia Britannica okay. When I do You're going to understand A great deal of what I just said Okay. I am reading directly Out of uh, The Encyclopedia longitude and time any point on the earth's surface passes through the whole circle 360 degrees once every 24 hours it does this because the earth turns once on its axis every 24 hours all 360 degrees of the earth's circumference also pass the sun once in 24 hours Hence, one hour is 15 degrees It is reasonable to assume and and to declare that latitude is time. Distance is, in fact, defined as time. Mm. That is from the World Book 1952 edition. So understand this, that everybody knows that latitude is time. You think in your mind that time is a thing which cannot be grasped, but it is time is distance. Right. That's what time is. It's distance, and time is propagated upon us through the act of velocity. Uh, many people, um, you know, they there. There's many a conspiracy theorist that go on and on about time teleportation. While well, that would be an act of suicide, I assure you, you could only move either forward or backward exactly one year because if you did not you would wind up in the dead of space and the earth would be on the other side of the solar system mm, that's right you understand yep if you were to travel if you were to travel three hours in time you would be quite dead right uh you would actually uh suffocate in the cold of space lickety split <laughs> and, and 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 people have a hard time understanding the, the physics of the matter that time is distance That is why the Lord our God has made sure not to give us the secrets of that volume. That's why uh, Ezekiel's temple, you are not afforded the knowledge of the heights of the walls. Because if he did that, then I could tell you already, right now. If I knew the heights of those walls, I could tell you all the mysteries of creation right now. I could tell you exactly this was going to take place but knowing that that the lord is faithful and he's not going to let me uh, sin in my knowledge of course he left that out he didn't give us the heights of those walls because if i could calculate the volume i could calculate the time i could calculate the distance Mm. from the inception of his son it would be really quite easy to do right so through mechanisms uh, he loves us, and he prevents us from going too far in our ignorance, so to speak. Right. But yes, these uh, these ideas of the divine council, and uh, how that uh, all of these lines of longitude they are associated with princes and all of that good stuff. It is true. Of course, the main problem, you know, Gons is is, is today we got half the church that that doesn't even believe in the supernatural they don't even believe in angels let alone you know this type of stuff
2: right yeah that that was a whole different side of the conversation that that i definitely wanted to touch on and and get some of your opinion on because yeah you're right you know i've i've been a believer for six years now and uh You know, after the first couple years of sort of trying to figure things out, I almost actually lost my faith because I wasn't understanding how the biblical uh, understanding of reality is compared to things like UFOs and aliens and uh, ghosts and, you know, things like time travel, space travel, like all these different concepts didn't fit in with the Bible at first, especially when I asked around my church peers and friends, they didn't really have an answer that was sufficient. So I started looking online, you know, just digging around and I ended up, you know, finding myself in front of guys like David Icke, David Wilcock, and a lot of these new age teachers who did address those things, but it was at the price of abandoning um the Bible in its truest form. It's or or so it seemed and abandoning Jesus. And so I was really hesitant, but um there was a small group, a community of people talking about this that brought me back. But you're right, you know, a lot of people just don't necessarily want to believe it's true i think i think in their heart heart of hearts they know that there is a supernatural i think they just don't want to deal with it because number one they don't know how and number two they're trying to appeal to a culture that is completely abandoned that in general but there's a flip side to the coin as far as people being really interested in the occult and uh you know the all the indoctrination happening with our kids watching occult movies and um, getting interested in vampires and things like that. So there's a flip side to it. But um, what do you think? How do you think we are going to be able to help the bigger body of Christ to start seeing these things that you're talking about, that Dr. Heiser's talking about? That it seems so fringe and, and almost, um, you know, almost too big to understand. How do we how do we start making cracks in the armor, if you will, to you know appraise the the community of believers? Uh, with some of this information, which is very exciting. it's It gives us um, an opportunity to fellowship and talk about the Bible in a, in a really exciting way. And, and I, I just love it. I, I personally love talking about this kind of stuff. But how do we do that? How do we raise interest?
3: Well, the best way is the biblical way. And that is to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. You see, that that is the biblical way. You have to... Uh, rattles people's cages like take note i'm going to tell you this right now right you had better be afraid because let me tell you something understand this that well time wave zero goes off the charts november the 27th mm-hmm. but understand this the lord your god gives you a sign into the heavens that very day where jupiter conjuncts the moon the very next day um We also have a magnificent conjunction of that thing which the Lord talks about in his very first chapter. I have given them for signs and for seasons. But understand this, that it was just released that uh, IMPs have dropped down to zero. What that means is, is for some reason, and uh, let me take a minute, I will go grab the article as I was just talking over it with brian um brian is uh my co-host on the Times tribune we were just talking about this a little while ago but uh it's very strange uh the simple fact that uh, this has happened um but for some reason there are no new companies scheduled to release uh Publicly and get on the stock exchange. Uh, for some reason, hmm. um, the first one that uh, was brought to my attention was that uh, entity you know as uh, the Babel uh, translation software. Uh, they have hesitated in doing it. And that was the first article that was released. And then we find out today it was released that over the next two weeks, normally. This is a, screw, a rash of companies that will introduce themselves to the world on the stock market. Hmm. Unfortunately, you go and look, and there's none. They've put this in the public record. This is very, very uh, concerning. Um, so you might want to do some research on that because this is a very serious matter. Yeah. Uh, And what we do is, is we take these instances and uh, we bring them up in small talk. And we say, well, I wonder what's going on. Well, perhaps this has something to do with the Mayan calendar. And uh, go off on a rant into that and then, of course, eventually lead to the Lord your God. Well, maybe this has something to do with Bible prophecy. You know, I, I know that even the Bible speaks of these things. So that's how... We do it. We do what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's our first job is to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. If that be true, we don't have to be conspiracy theorists. Uh, We can just take, oh, the Lord gives us plenty of opportunities uh, by way of his hands. Uh, We've had many floods this year. Uh, We've had entire communities destroyed Uh, We have had a wandering of the North Pole going exactly where the Bible tells you it's going to go. Um, That's been all over the news. Uh, We've had news that we have confirmation from Voyager 1 and 2 that we are about to enter into a huge magnetic cloud. Hmm. Um, This has been all over uh, science.com. It's been all over space.com. This is common knowledge. But people today, Gons, they talk about, you know, they talk about uh, 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 baseball and right. they talk about football. And, and those things are, are okay to talk about it. Um, but try to put these things into the conversation and get down the road that John spoke because the king himself said this, there was no greater man than John. And what he did, of course, is the example of Primus <laughs> Uh Make no mistake about that. Uh, but getting back to the point, we need to apply a little bit of salt to our conversations.
2: Right, yeah. Uh,
3: the Bible is so absolutely amazing. I mean, with it, I can tell you exactly where the new North Pole is going to be. I have the coordinates for the New South Pole. I can tell you exactly why the Lord your God told you that in this time in the book of Ezekiel, he states very plainly that Damascus lies to the north. Mm. That's why I've been spending the past six months working on a new map. I do know through through the Bible, really everybody knows, just exactly what the days of Noah is going to look like. Uh, You can calculate our velocity that we're going to speed up to. You can calculate our revolutions per minute. You can calculate uh, the effects that this is going to have on gravity, Um, the effects it's going to have on the superstructure, which you call the human body, uh, Mm. which the breath of life resides in the toroidal rings known as red blood cells. Right. Um, And all these things are going to have massive effects on you, for one. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're going to long to die, but that will not be afforded unto you.
0: Huh.
3: Mechanically speaking, right. you really will wish to die, and you won't be able to. Mm. So, so all these things, uh, we need to salt our conversations with these things. We need to remember John. Uh, we need to remember what the king said about him and and remember that that is our mission. We're not here to uh, enjoy vacations. We're not here to uh, play baseball. We're not here to go out on a yacht and go fishing. We are here to season our conversations and other people's life
2: with his blessed name. Right. Just real curious, talking about Damascus being of north, it's very interesting. Can you, can you give us a, a quick version of it?
3: Well, understand this, that um, if you are able to acquire an azimuth map of the world with its center point on, on the Temple Mount, it's really made very plain to you. Um, these things can be uh, gotten in an azimuth map. Um, your listeners probably want to write that down and investigate it. Uh, What it is, it is uh, the earth stretched out on one point. Right. So when you see that, and I of course have one, I've had a copy for about uh, 24 years, when you have that and understand that the Lord your God tells you this, that that place is unmovable. It is the navel of creation. Mm -hmm. Once you know this, the North and South Pole can only go one place. Oh, okay. Because that place cannot be moved whenever you acquire those coordinates then you realize the meridian in the middle of time goes straight through the Temple Mount it goes straight through Damascus and I mean straight through it Uh, now I wish that I had the technology to uh, share uh, perhaps my, my screen or something because I would show you the work that I've already done we've uh, been working on this for six months, and I uh, am really anxious to get this out. Lord permitting, uh, we will have it available within 2013. We will have this available uh, to um, to the family of God. I will be able to give this out, and I can tell you exactly why. Even Ed Dames, uh, most people know him. Yeah, he's says that the safe latitudes are between 40 and 60. You have no idea. Um, I can tell you exactly where uh, you want to be on that day, as a matter of fact.
0: Hmm.
3: And uh, the Lord your God has even put safety measures in place that if I was to tell you, Gons, and tell you go here and look, go there and look, you would literally be amazed because the Lord your God in these places has set up things that will catch the child of the living God's eye. And that's just a simple fact of the matter.
2: Hmm. It sounds like some of David Flynn's work as well. He uh, wrote the book, uh, The Temple at the Center of Time. And uh, it's very similar to that work. It sounds like you're not echoing it, but uh, same approach.
3: Well, I tell you this, that well, first off, uh, I'm rather put off at, at at David's passing because he beat me home, uh, <laughs> doggone it. Uh, but yes, um, understand this, that what David did, if he would have known where the meridian was, then what he was really seeking, he would have had. Mm. And uh, unfortunately... Um, Well, the Lord is good, and blessed be His name. And and I miss David, uh, but David beat me home, and uh, and I am wounded at his loss. Um, so very difficult uh, to replace him. But yes. Um, you need to understand that the uh that even uh isaac newton's work uh i was studying over 20 years ago right uh, and the things that david uh was looking for and was investigating he had them in part uh, but if he would have understood uh, that isaac newton was really talking about the meridian in the middle of time uh that well it would have made an excellent uh trilogy uh really if we would have had time uh i would have certainly loved to have helped david to write a part two and a part three uh to that, that book that he wrote uh but well fortunately for david uh he got to enter into his prize yeah and i'm sure that uh I'm sure he thinks that's a whole lot better than having to write more books <laughs> so, but yes um it it is down along that line. Uh, David realized that, and well, I get very emotional <laughs> uh, when I talk about uh, David. Yeah. Um, how about I? How about I honor his name? I shall present you with the gift. Shall I? Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something that I wish that I could have told David. Um, Understand this, that the eclipse that you just endured on that very day, Operation Pillar of Cloud was instituted by the Israeli regime, but you better figure this out. That from November the 14th on to December 21st, 2012, you better figure this out. It's exactly 888 hours. It is inside time. Now, David was here. I would just give him this gift and let him run with it. But there was several broadcasts. But he talked about this and I I I wish I I could give him this gift however the Lord has elected for me to give it to Gans tonight I guess because he <laughs> mentioned David and
2: oh uh, well, that's an honor I, I I don't think I deserve it and I, I definitely I uh, won't be able to do any too much good with the information other than share it with our audience. Again, I'm, I'm fairly new in this genre of research and both Basil and I, we're, we're fascinated by all the people doing uh, this research. And, um, you know, we're trying to consume as much as possible, but also present it and externalize it to the Christian community in a way that, that they'll, they'll, they'll go do their own research, you know, because we, we're not able to fully explain everything, but you know, as long as we raise the curiosity in people, uh, getting back to you know just how how to how to communicate these ideas, and I think this is a time that the Lord is using to raise people like yourself up, and you know, give a platform or a voice uh, for, for people that are very diligent in studying the Word, and you know, I, I just hope that it just draws people in, and so that we can put aside a lot of these, the small differences, the walls uh, that you talked about earlier. And so we're able to sort of, uh, you know, rejoice in the Lord and, and just, you know, like Philippians four talks about, just, just rejoice, you know, that we're, that, uh, that the Lord has uh, done what he's done. And we're just kind of along for the ride, but in the process, you know, let's, let's try to, let's try to figure out what's going on because it's awesome. (laughs) You know?
3: Yes, it is awesome. Well, let me give your listeners um, a place they can start. You need to understand that the Decalogue Stone that lies on Hidden Mountain at Lost Lunas, New Mexico, it actually is a represent the exact representation in the heavens of the eclipse that happened on November the 14th.
0: Hmm.
3: Understand that if you know the meridian in the middle of time, and you stretch that around the globe. You understand that 180 degrees from that point, you understand why the Lord your God went to Hidden Mountain and did what he did. So understand this, that from that eclipse to December 21st, 2012 is exactly 888 hours. Uh, so uh, people might want to uh, uh, get a David Allen Deal's book. I have two copies of it. Uh, you might want to get and look at that Decalogue stone and then uh, get yourself a uh, Stellarium program or, or something like that. I know some of those things are expensive, but uh, perhaps uh, Gons can, uh, uh, can get um, yeah. his listeners that don't have the money to do that. Perhaps he can get you that screenshot so that you can see that on that Decalogue stone uh, there, the uh, uh, astronomy map is the eclipse that just happened.
2: Okay. Um, We just spoke to Professor Aaron Judkins, uh, who's a biblical archaeologist, and he had just done um, a documentary on the Decalogue Stone. uh, Oh, really? Yeah, which I actually have not been able to watch fully yet. But uh, So again, (laughs) the Lord's raising people up in this time. I believe that uh, there is some coherence here with uh, some of this information that's starting to come out. And Stellarium is a free software, I believe, uh, well, at least there is a free version you can download that we'll, we'll link to in the show notes and everything that people can check out. And uh, it's a cool program. I mean, I, I love tinkering around in Stellarium and uh, and seeing how all the, uh, the, the signs of the heavens and uh, how uh, God has declared some of these things. And, you know, I think that's another reason why people are sort of hesitant, because as soon as you start talking about signs in the heavens and, and things of that nature, in their minds, they, you know, immediately think astrology, the esoteric or occult angle to those things and um, right. and again, you know I, I've mentioned it before, but part of uh, what we're trying to do on Canary Cry Radio is to show that a lot of these things even the, a lot of these new age ideas have these pebbles of truth but it's rooted in God, it's rooted in our Lord, it's not something that is um, uh, that has significance or power because of these occult significances no, it's because the Lord set them there You know, and it's almost like we're watching it being hijacked as we kind of move through and the enemy's trying to use these things to sort of keep us away from from realizing uh the truth right. so
3: well that's why one of my uh more favored uh teachings that i give and uh and seminars locally is celestial mm. uh you have no idea uh, the lord your god has been faithful he said right in the very first chapter and believe me if you know if you did know what was going on right over your head right now uh, you would definitely be propelled by the holy spirit to start proclaiming repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand um if you understand uh well we we really don't have time i mean we could do a whole show on celestial somology, and i could teach you the wonders of the lord your god and what he's done in the heavens right um i assure everybody that creation was not made for the God-haters. It was made for his children. It was made for the Technon Epigelia the seed of the promise. And uh, they have changed the names and they use uh, names like Hercules and things like that. But I assure you that when you look up, the Lord your God has kept your promise to you uh, and everything up there is for signs and for seasons. And when you look up, Next time you see Gemini, you better know this, that that is the entire story of Sanctus Supplantum. That is why Gemini is in the Bible. Uh, some versions call it the Dioscorae. Others uh, inject the two names, Castor and Pollux. You better look it up. That's Gemini. Hmm. There's a reason why Titus rebuilt the Dioscorae Temple. Okay? Hmm there's reasons for this it's it's not for the astrologers okay it's for his children that's that's why we all breathe clean air right now okay yes uh, those that hate the Lord their God uh, they have clean air but it's not for them it's for us
0: Hmm.
3: it's for his children Um, but I agree with you Um, here we have again Uh, whether it be Catholics or Protestant whether it be uh, you know, conservative or charismatic. Oh, he's so good in his tactics. He's the perfect tactician. He is the perfect executor of military strategy, your enemy. Mm. And, and uh, everybody just take note of that. We're not talking about astrology here, uh, the enemy, or any of that. Um, we're talking about the promise that the Lord thy God has made unto you. And he is faithful. You may not be, but he is.
2: Right. Right. What What do you think, um, just briefly, uh, because you mentioned um, the date, and, and I'm sure that this podcast will probably be heard post-December 21st, 2012. So if you are listening, uh, great. But uh, what is your take on the events that are supposed to occur or uh, just the significance of the time we're in now? Because as we record this today, are less than a month away, um, we are in that time period that you gave, the 888 hours. We are uh, ticking away that time right now. So uh, right. Wh- what is the uh, significance of the date, uh, December 21st, 2012?
3: Well, your listeners might want to do some research on a Russian scientist, Alexander Dmitrya. Um, And, of course, do the research that I mentioned earlier on the Voyager 1 and 2 spacecraft because we are going to be going up uh, through the galactic ecliptic and we're going to be encountering this magnetic cloud. This is the perfect time for the Lord your God to, even as he said, you've been told point blank, the Lord your God has told you that he will ride the cloud. It's
0: the
3: perfect time for him to institute and instigate coming down on Mount Peron via what is known as a superwave. Hmm. Uh, know that very clear. You also need to know this. That when you go to the six day war and you add <laughs> when you add a Jubilee to it, you wind up at twenty sixteen. When you back off that the calculated time, I'm just going to give you the short version. Right. If you have an understanding of what Daniel was told by the angel Gabriel, you're going to get real nervous come May 1st. Now, everybody's going to take note that that is uh, the president's exactly – that's his 100th day of office for this next term. There's also a lot of things going out, but you may very well enter into a period of 45 days when the great earthquake could take place.
0: That means we're on a
3: less than a six-month holding period. However, um, know this, that we may be in a six-year holding pattern. Uh, what that means is, is that we're going off of the Young Kapoor War. If that happens, then all of the New Agers are correct. You see, the New Agers, they actually know the truth. They say that on December 21st, 2012... We will begin our ascension, and they will tell you that ascension occurs in 2022. However, what they fail to tell you is is that those calculations mean, (laughs) if we're in a six-year holding pattern, well, that means that the Lord Jesus Christ will return to this planet in 2021. That's why they also tell you that there is 144,000 children that's going to ascend to lead you. They know these things. Okay, I'm not joking. They, they do know these things. They right. do say this. They, they'll tell you point blank that there are 144,000 indigo children that will make their ascension and lead us into our ascension come 2022. I, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm serious. Wow. Uh, they know this, and they think it's funny that Christians are stupid and don't know it. They, <laughs> they think it's funny that um, they wouldn't know that the Lord, their God, would probably want revenge, even as he said, for being attacked on the Sabbath, on his high holy day, on Yom Kippur. Just add 49 years to that, just exactly what the angels said to do, and that's why they all say that. That's why.
2: <laughs> right. When Jesus in Matthew 24 talks about, as it were in in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man, a lot of people attribute that to the return of the Nephilim. Yes. And what is your opinion on the Nephilim returning, and is that part of it? Is that part of the, uh, (laughs) sounds like that's a resounding.
3: (laughs) Oh, oh, you're going to wish you were dancing with the Nephilim. Let, Let me make myself perfectly clear. The Lord your God has told you that he kicks them off Jacob's ladder, Hmm. and unfortunately, their daddies are going to be here. You need to understand that the Bible makes sense, and understand this, that the Lord thy God, when he was crucified, the Bible says that he went down and he preached to those that lived during the days of Noah. There's a reason why, Hmm. because unfortunately… Uh, they had the angels with them, and they were not allowed to operate underneath their own cognitive capabilities, and that's where you're going back to. Oh, you're going to wish you had to dance with the Nephilim, but you're not. You're going to be dancing with the beast and his heads, just like Asaph tells us. Uh, mm. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, uh, yes, that's what the Bible says. That's not my opinion. Right. That's what it says in Isaiah Uh, That's what it says in Ezekiel. I mean, we can go down the line. Right. That's what it always says. It always says the same thing. It says it different ways, but it says the same thing.
2: Right. Wow.
3: So, uh, yeah. And if you're not in the place that has been prepared for you, uh, you will certainly beg to die, and you won't.
2: Hmm.
3: So, just so everybody knows.
2: So in, in those terms, is it going to be, should we expect to have uh, a true physical manifestation, a true physical, can I use the word metamorphosis, some kind of yes. physical change that is going to uh, yes. just take hold of the, the earth? Of you, of the animals. Right.
3: Um, and, and, and take note, they're not going to be able to play their games anymore, boys and girls. Okay, they're not going to be able to run back up Jacob's ladder, okay? You're going to have them here in the flesh, Mm. and they're not going to be happy. And they're going to do to you whatever they want, and you will certainly beg to die. Mm. So it's going to be a lot more horrible than people like to think.
2: Right.
0: Hmm.
3: So yes, you're going to go uh you're going to your chromosomes are going to go through a change, Gons. Um like I said, um your superstructure is going to go back to its proper mode. Okay. Hmm. Your your frequency, my friend, uh it will be in perfect harmony with with the breath of God that travels down the toroidal rings, that is your red blood cells. That will be perfect. Your dynamics will be perfect. Hmm. Um, so it, it, it's going to be a little bit worse than everybody thinks it is. That's that's an understatement,
2: right? That's a whole different perspective. That you know, I, I've I've heard you mention it before, but. Uh, you know, just speaking to you here, it's just you know letting it sink in a little bit is uh, wow. I mean, it's both exciting and terrifying at the same time. But uh, we talk a lot about transhumanism on this show as well, and um, you know, a lot of researchers that we've talked to don't even believe that they're really going to achieve it because of because they believe that our Lord's returning in the next few years. And so, do you have a take on on what the transhumanists are trying to do as far as uh, you know? Earlier this year, they had a conference that in Russia, saying that you know by 2045 we're going to attain human immortality. It's sort of a different topic entirely, but uh, because we mention it so much and because uh, there is such a huge push for the advancement of technology, there are even some researchers and and uh, authors and things like that saying that. Technology itself is an extension of biological evolution, and that you know it's a living thing that we are nurturing into uh you know an eventual artificial intelligent being and things like that so uh, you know it's it's again it's a whole different topic, but at the same time i'm I'm really curious to hear what your take on some of that stuff is
3: well, to the point, everybody needs to understand that the human resonance is real, and let me tell you something uh just so you know. That thing is possible to do with resonance. Mm. understand this they know this <laughs> okay it's it, it's the rest of the population that don't know it right uh but but if you can put on um let me see if I can uh help your listeners out um if anybody can recall that 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 movie dune okay they uh, they had these little fancy things that they put on their belt and they called them a sound shield right you remember that yes. Okay, if you were able to do that and able to manipulate your frequency, much like you have brain waves, you can change your emotions with brain waves, ladies and gentlemen. They've did that since the fifties. But anyway, um, they know that the key to this is your frequency that that thing with which you vibrate. Everybody has one, mm-hmm. um, and there are seven uh, different. Uh, optimal yields to that just like there's well how many octaves are there of course everybody knows the answer to that question right so understand this uh that they know how to do it and but they tell everybody else that the way to do it is through uh, machinations uh through manipulation uh of the physical body with machine mm. no that that's a joke to physicists if anybody uh, knows, uh Any scientists that are in the field of geriatrics, they actually know the truth. It's just getting them to talk. Um, (laughs) But this can be achieved through frequency, and everybody knows, well, at least on an academic level, uh, that the Schumann frequency is increasing to a threshold. Hmm. They know that. Uh, They know at that said point uh, that, well, just like I said, you're going to wish you could die. But you're not going to be able to. But understand this, that if we had a machination, a way, uh, much like people have heard of uh, the conspiracy theories concerning uh, the Philadelphia experiment. Right, right, And there there is one gentleman that has worked with high-frequency waves, and he's uh, produced levitation and and things like this. I'm I'm sure that people have seen it all over YouTube. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but at any rate… If you put a said apparatus on yourself and do that, you can manipulate your field to endure longer than it will. Hmm. That's just that's just a fact of the matter. Right. And they 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 absolutely know this. Uh, however, uh, the problems that they encounter is rather supernatural because when you enter into that field you begin to, uh, well, you're able to see up Jacob's Ladder, mm. and it's rather frightening. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's rather frightening. Now, uh, the gentleman that I mentioned earlier, uh, Alexander uh, Demetria, you'll take note where he's from. Uh, he's from the Silicon Valley that's in Siberia. Mm. Uh, everybody needs to do some research on that. At that facility, they have done this very thing. And the problem is is that once one person does it, they won't do it again because mm. they're able to see <laughs> up Jacob's ladder. Right. And it, it's not very pleasant. Um, as a matter of fact, there were several people that just flat lost their minds. Wow. Um, you have heard uh, the old wives' tale that you can be scared until your hair is white. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually happened.
0: Mm. Uh,
3: people has actually... Uh, has done this sort of thing, and within minutes, their hair turned white. That—that's—that's that's real, ladies and gentlemen. That's thats not a wives' tale. That really can happen. Um, the Russians documented it. But uh, that is a very short answer. I mean, I could go into great lengths t- to the frequencies. Um, right. So, did you have any other questions along those lines you wanted me to get to straight? You know, straight away.
2: Um. Yes and no. I mean, again, like you said, we can keep digging and digging, but it, I'm just trying to throw out as many topics as possible because I want to try to cover a a variety of of things here. But one thing that that sort of came to my mind is that you know there's a big craze out there uh, on the the drug DMT, and um, a lot of people are saying it's you know it's the the greatest spiritual drug. It, it allows you to see into other dimensions and. You know, a lot of people talk about you know seeing entities and things. You know, they share the experience of seeing the same entity and things of that nature. Um, right. And I've had thoughts about and conversations with you know biblical researchers and things like that who suggest that when we were kicked out of the garden, we were sort of broken off from being able to access or be freely open to that spiritual re- world. And doing things like drugs is sort of a breach of that barrier, uh, the flaming sword going back and forth. And then, you know, I guess the second part of the question is, what is your, um, I guess, knowledge on the pineal gland? Because uh, I know that the pineal gland, for the New Agers uh, especially, is a very important part of your brain um, that is sort of the access point to this spiritual world. Is this the same thing as opening up to Jacob's Ladder or is it a different different dimension?
3: It's completely different. Okay. Uh, understand this that uh, outside of the fact, unless you're unfortunately have it crested over with calcium deposits,
0: which right. does happen, right.
3: uh, understand this that through drugs you're able to see uh, those entities that you know as unclean or wicked. Right. You cannot see up. on the first rung of the ladder. Uh, okay. If you're able to see the first rung of the ladder, you could see the angels, but you cannot do that with drugs. With drugs, you are able to see those things which are outside of your perception, yet they remain on your plane. Mm. Uh, We know these as – well, you mentioned it earlier, the Nephilim. But in the end of the day, that is one of two things. Uh, Those Nephilim are either unclean or they're wicked. They're Mm. one or the other. Right. So you are able to perceive them, but through the use of drugs, you cannot see up Jacob's ladder. You're only able to perceive those entities which reside on your plane. Okay. Or or on your rung, so to speak. Right. Um that is a very quick, very short answer. Of course, I could go
0: <laughs>
3: right. I could go way down that. I could explain to you how it is in the midst of the brain. And the interaction between the left and the right half, but like I said, I I can go on for an hour. But uh, just so everybody knows, uh, the Lord your God has told you about these things. That's why – well, once again, the Bible does make sense. And you need to understand that uh, when you run into an unclean entity, uh, that is not part man. That is part angelic, and that is part something else that cannot – uh, well, we know from the Bible that there are times when they cannot speak, and uh, they will try to cast themselves into water or perhaps into fire. Uh, that's when you've run into uh, an entity that has no part in humanity. Mm. Uh, the Lord your God told us that all flesh was corrupted. That's why uh, satars are in the Bible. Right. Most people look those up, and they don't understand. Well, that's a that's a half-person, a half-goat. Oh no, it's not, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's no person in that. That is half a fallen and half of a goat. That is called unclean. Mm. Um, those entities, when you run across them, uh, they can be very hard uh, to deal with because, well, understand this, gons. That 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 uh, some of these poor entities uh, they never had vocal cords. <laughs> okay. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Um,
3: they, they never had the ability to speak, uh, which makes it very hard to command, uh, which uh, usually when you run across one of these entities, uh, you have to uh, seek assistance from the Lord your God. And what, what he does, of course, is send uh, a member of the host to assist you, and they can command them and tell them to go thereabout. But um, most of the ones that make the trouble are the wicked ones. They are the ones that are… Um, most people call Nephilim the uh, the half people half fallen
2: right but right. there
3: is a big difference uh, between them especially if you encounter them you certainly uh, come to understand the difference
2: right and and you see all these TV shows and things these ghost hunters going around trying to provoke right. these spirits and uh, you know the idea that they promote is that these spirits are just dead people but obviously I think I think we both know that. Oh. and a lot of our listeners understand <laughs> that it's not dead people
3: <laughs> well you uh everybody needs to understand uh mainly the main problems with them uh you need to understand that uh the lord your god has told you what to do with them uh really they want to go home right uh, that is why uh, babylon is said in the book of jeremiah to be at the end times it would be a haunt for these spirits you need to understand this that uh you can um well, you can – I don't want to say too much. Um, you have to understand that, that these entities have no hope, and you can control them and manipulate them. Uh, that is why if the one that they are attached to dies, it will mimic a person and try to get you to make a covenant with it. Mm, right. um, now, back in… Uh, the elder days, people knew this, that mm-hmm. if they went to a priest and priest couldn't help them, well, they would uh, usually make a mantle for the entity, and they would uh, uh, put candles on it perhaps, and they would make uh, a truce with the entity, not understanding that um, these entities fear uh, being latched upon by uh, what you would call a witch. Uh, they don't like that. Um, They they really want to be left alone, and they really want to go home to where it is they have authority, where Mm. they're supposed to be. That's why Legion cried out to the Lord your God and said this, please don't send me out of the region. What he was really saying was, you know, let me stay home because if you send me outside those borders, people can pick on me. Mm. So once Mm. you understand that, uh, they're really easy to deal with. Uh, Usually… Uh, You can deal with uh, that situation in under 15 minutes. Hmm. Once you tell them that I have the authority because I am in the family of God, Um, my authority even outranks the host of heaven. I am in the family. I'm actually an heir, and I can actually send you home. Hmm. Uh, They will readily do that.
2: Right. It, It seems to sort of make sense also that... Alluding back to some of these paranormal shows and things like that, when they encounter something negative, you know, obviously there's no mention of of the Lord or God or anything like that in a lot of these shows, right. but they they will say, "Oh, we have authority over them, and we can, you know, command the, them to leave." And again, as human beings, we are even those who are lost are still right. uh, children of God. So uh, that makes right. a lot of sense.
3: Well, understand this uh, that. If you're running around saying you are a child of God and you're not, they can see it. Right. You need to understand that you do have a stasis field that mm-hmm. they can see. Mm-hmm. Um, you can detect this with modern uh, equipment. It looks much like a toroidal ring that's around you.
2: Mm. Like a torus? Um,
3: yes, like, like a toroidal ring. It's, mm. it, it is actually around you. They can see that. And believe me when I say... That if they see that you are not what you say they are, um, well, I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> I really wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but a servant of the living God, if it gets into one of their presence, believe me, uh, they make themselves known really quickly. They can really be harassing uh, if they are uh, the unclean um, because they just… Well, like I mentioned earlier, they're, they're really hard to communicate with. But when they encounter a servant of the living God, and they know this, like I said, because they can see your field. Right. Um, many times, uh, that's why you can go back uh,
2: in your diaries.
3: Um, you know, uh, that was one of our, tri- uh, our prized possessions at our church uh, when I was uh, younger, being trained up. Uh, our most valuable possessions were our diaries that went back hundreds and hundreds of years, mm. um, we had all of the elders' uh, you know, diaries from even back in Germany, uh, had some from Scotland,
1: and if you do your
3: historical research, you'll, you'll realize that uh, when a wicked spirit encounters a servant of the living God, they will actually uh, try to get that person to send them home. That's where they want to go. They actually want to go back mm. to the land in the midst of the rivers. They want to go back to Chaldea. Right. They want to go back to Assyria. They want to go back to Babylon. That's that's because in that place they're supposed to be there, and they won't get picked on, right? Okay, because they're not in their space. Okay, because if 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 you don't belong. And the prince of – well, let's just use use the biblical example. If you're a spirit and you wind up in uh, the governorship of the prince of Greece, and you're not supposed to be there, he's going to harass you. Do you understand? Right. And if he kicks you out of his region because he don't want to tolerate you, well, guess what? Uh, He just kicked you into the next person or the next – uh, prince shall we say mm-hmm. but he doesn't want them there either so you understand how it works mm-hmm. um, they just want to go home so they don't get picked on mm. uh, by the by the i uh, you know the principalities or the powers uh, those angelic hosts that are uh, over every square inch of dirt on this planet and like i said ladies and gentlemen get yourself an azimuth map of the temple mount uh, if you'd like a copy of one of these, I, of course, keep one here on my computer. Uh, I've had it for years. Um, maybe uh, – or, or maybe Gans, uh, he can get one and put it in the show notes. But once you see that, you will understand exactly how the Lord your God has divided up things um, be- between Satan's princes. Uh, it 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 actually works mechanically.
2: <laughs> the the biblical mechanics, uh, just in general, I, I just am so fascinated by just even that name of the topic. There, how do we get started in grasping some of these uh, concepts? Because I know there's so many different different angles, and um, I think you're bringing to the table a common thread that is within the scriptures that a lot of us have not been able to tap into. And so where where should we start with understanding biblical mechanics and, and how, how can we use it to begin to understand the Bible, but also get a clearer picture of what we can expect prophetically as we kind of go along here?
3: Oh boy. You have asked a $144,000 question. (laughs) Well, let's start here. Okay. Understand this ladies and gentlemen. Numbers were never in the Bible. They started in 1202 by the person you know as Fibonacci, although that's a lie. That's not his name. Hmm. Numbers, numerals, are only from Arabs. Okay, You better figure that out. Do your research. There's no numbers in the Bible. There never was. Hmm. There is either Hebraic alphanumerics or Greco-alphanumerics. There is only one or the other. Of course, excluding the Aramaic, which we find in Daniel, but that's beside the point. If – you have to understand that um, – well, we can talk about the vortex mathematics because – Which we uh, talked about in
2: our last episode.
3: You did. <laughs> yeah, well, we did. understand this, that inside the vortex mathematics of the Bible, the New Testament represents the 369.
2: hmm Yep.
3: Well, um, let's talk about a very popular number. How about Mm 1111? Okay, that's one of everybody's favorite numbers. Well, if you were to say that to me, I know what that means because uh, one of everybody's favorite verses, uh, not one jot nor one tittle will by any means pass by that. You need to understand that what the Lord God just told you is 1111. That's IOTA. But in the next phrase, one tittle, he uses the feminine form of that phrase, and that equals 137. Okay, so let's just try this. Knowing this and I already knowing what that means, there's no question in my mind. um, I learned these things when I was 13, 14 years old. When you say to me 1111, I'm going to say, well, that's Colossians 4. I can tell you straight to the point what that means. Hmm. Um, That means division. That means numbers. That means the fullness of time. You see? Mm -hmm. It has to because Colossians chapter 4 is the 1111th chapter of the Bible. Mm. And Iota equals 1111. It means the same thing. So uh, biblical mechanics, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is how the Lord your God with magnificence beyond your understanding. It is perfect. Okay, understand this. He did it in order, and he's given us some very good tools to use like uh, the Strong's coordinates. Understand that it's done in alphanumeric order. Mm-hmm. So when you go to H1100, you're going to see something. It's the same message that you find in the 1111th chapter of the Bible being Colossians chapter 4. Mm. If you go to the Greek, G1111, one, 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 it's going to tell you the same thing, same message, if you follow the thread all the way through. So when we understand that, part of biblical mechanics is that the Lord your God told you that he wrapped his son in swaddling clothes. With this information, when you get into the biblical mechanics, you understand that surrounding those verses, what he's actually told you to do is take the word of God and roll it up into a scroll. When you do that, the chapters will line up. You can also do that with uh, the synoptic wrap. Uh, the God haters love to do that to people. Understand this. If you take Matthew, Mark, Luke… And wrap the New Testament around it. That is called a synoptic wrap. Uh, You'll be able to find marvelous things there. It is an extension of the idea which God is trying to give you. Let us take an example. Um, You know, Colossians chapter 4 is not very long gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would it bother you if we read it?
2: Oh no, go ahead. I was just, uh, I had it pulled up right now. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, which which version do you have? Um, well, I have a. I can click on uh, <laughs> different versions here. Um, I have the NIV pulled up, but I have uh, NLT, ESV, NAS, KJV. Uh, it's all kind of right at my fingertips here. So, uh,
3: well, well, what's your favorite one? Just read whatever your favorite one is.
2: I like the ESV. Uh, Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Um, read it. Okay, I'm going to read it through here. It says. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. uh, Tychicus, I don't know how to pronounce his name, will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts and with him Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him, and Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea, and say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you.
3: If you had eyes that can see and ears that would, that could hear this chapter is a marvel now you need to understand that there were several times that in the greek it actually said this and didn't have it in your particular translation but it said this those who are of your number said that multiple times Mm -hmm. gave you the word number you understand that when i read this understand this ladies and gentlemen that he just told me Exactly when the latter reign is going to take place. Hmm. He was really to the point, and uh, a good place to start in this chapter is with Onesimus. If you understand that, if you understand what book that comes from, it, it, it helps you to get a grasp of it. But mechanically speaking, gods, he just told you when the door was going to be open. He just told you that this was going to be the threshold of the time of choosing, of Primus Resurrexerit. He just told you everything right here.
2: Right. I've definitely read this differently just uh, from the short conversation we've had tonight. Uh, I mean, some of the names were terribly difficult for me to to pronounce, but uh, the part that really jumped out at me was uh, verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So,
3: Well, well, how about this one? And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, they will inform you about the whole situation here. Oh my goodness, Gons. Mm. Mechanically speaking, when you get into the Greco-alpha-numerics of this little bitty small chapter, the wonders of what is to come will be revealed to you just like the Lord your God promised the Holy Spirit would do. Uh, He promised us in the book of John that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us what is to come. This singular chapter does that very thing. Hmm. Um, But many people uh, just, well, they can't understand it. Uh, But take note that there's a sequence of names here that are very important. Uh, Believe me when I say I could spend two weeks in this chapter, and I have before. I've (laughs) given a two-week class that was two hours a day. It was uh, ten days of two hours per day on this chapter alone. Wow. If you want to know what 1111 means, it's this – it is the time of the latter rain. It is the time when the door uh, would be opened. It is the... Uh, <laughs> well, it's what everybody's hoping for. Right. Yeah. And it is the answer to everybody's questions as to why they're seeing it, uh, the implications that it has. Uh, when I see that number... Um, believe me when I take certain care to well what did it say about seasoning with salt
2: yeah yeah it says earlier that uh, yeah let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person and and before that it says walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of the time uh, which is something you alluded to earlier tonight that's right that's right understand what he just said mechanically speaking he said
3: time he said so that you would know so that you would see the future you would know what was to come Mm. by which direction you were going Uh, (laughs) believe me when i say this this chapter is a marvel of creation this one chapter um it's just amazing now When we understand this, and we look at the biblical mechanics concerning uh, this chapter, and uh, I don't want to overwhelm people too much, uh, but um, you know the synoptic raps. If you were to look at the synoptic raps concerning this, now let me explain that one more time. We're going to take what the God haters call the synoptic gospels. Okay. Okay. We're going to take the rest of the Bible and wrap it around those three chapters understand this that revelation chapter 12 wraps with it Mm. if you understand that acts chapter 25 and just the mention of acts chapter five ladies and gentlemen if you don't understand acts chapter 25 uh wow um Study that chapter if you want to know what is to come. And Luke, the second chapter, of course, all about primus Numerus and the investigation thereof. Uh, So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just just take a look at those chapters uh, synonymously uh, in your Bible study this week. Luke chapter 2, Acts 25, Colossians chapter 4, and Revelation chapter 12. Uh, Because inside of those chapters, you will understand everything that is to come. Uh, God has provided literally everything that is to come is provided in those chapters right there, Um, and it literally is amazing. Um, If anybody uh, wants to know, um, when you go into the the general wraps of that, uh, the standard wrap, the wraps for uh, Colossians chapter 4 is Deuteronomy 29 – (laughs) <laughs> Boy, that's that's loaded. Uh, Job <laughs> chapter six and Isaiah twenty three. Mm. Ah, yes, Isaiah chapter twenty three. That entire chapter is used to describe to you. Um, well, I'll let the listeners figure it out. It's either about Primus Numerus or it's about Primus Resurrexit. You'll have fun looking into it and realizing which one it's talking about. Mm. Uh, so. That's a a very fast-forward version of biblical mechanics. It is simply the knowledge that God is perfect. He has designed his language off 22 letters, and in it is vortex mathematics. Wow. And we take the command, uh, many commands that he's given us. He's actually given us 10 different commands throughout the Bible of how to do this. But uh, the most famous one is uh, how... The Lord your God was wrapped in swaddling clothes, so everybody might want to take a look at h uh eleven eleven and g eleven eleven and just start your study there uh it gets well, let me just say this it's rather eye opening, shall we say
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh I'm I'm really eager to get into this right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to look up some of this stuff and, and get my hands dirty. Can you elaborate a little bit on the um the wrap in swaddling clothes? And I'm here now, Luke twelve, two. Sorry, Luke two twelve, I'm sorry. And uh, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in in clothes and lying in a manger. And I mean this is this is a pretty famous verse for, you know, most Christians know it as the nativity scene, if you will. Right. What is the uh, – if you can sort of elaborate on, on the biblical mechanics going on here. Sure. You will find a baby – that
3: is the Old Testament, that is the Old Covenant mm-hmm. – in a manger. That is the New Covenant. That is the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It literally is telling you with the alphanumerics to do this. Here's what you do. You take the New Testament, you lay it out, and you wrap the Old Testament around it. You roll it up like a scroll. So, here, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is very easy to do. Uh, when you do the wraps, understand that what I'm doing is, or what God's doing, is you take Matthew chapter 1 and line it up with Genesis chapter 1. Mm. And you understand that that makes three wraps around the New Testament. So, those chapters will line up. Mm. So, here, let me give an example. The first rap of the Bible is Matthew 1, Genesis 1, 1 Samuel 25, Psalms 43, and Jeremiah 36, boy, Mm. uh, (laughs) which is very important. And let me say this, that um, the greatest rap that any of you will ever do is when you take the book of Asaph and rap that. Uh, Understand this, that… Mark 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11, 12, and 13. That is the wrap with Asaph's book. Uh, so you might want to study those. Uh, just just do this. This is really fun. Um, if you care to study Asaph's 11 chapter book, uh, that is Psalm 73 through 83. The perfect raps for that is mark 3 through mark 13
1: and understand this
3: that you will begin to understand why mark is so very short and you'll begin to understand why asap is written the way it's written Hmm. um that's one of the best studies that you can do Uh, normally that study right there i've taken six months on it wow with a class of um Oh, I think the biggest one I had was like about 30, uh, maybe 35, no more than that. But we spent six months here, and when they walked out of that class, they knew the entirety of what was to come. And they knew exactly what was going to happen in order that it was going to happen, why it was going to happen. And if I would have had the heights of Ezekiel's temple, I would have told them exactly when it would happen.
2: But So just to try to understand this, um, not specifically, but just sort of the philosophical sort of, I guess, thing that's going on here, it's almost kind of like holograms. It seems like yes. with each piece containing the whole, and, and it just seems like with each one of these studies that you're mentioning, we're able to get the big picture. Is, is, that, is that right? Is that my... am I'm on, yes. on, <laughs> on track here because I've always been a believer that with every verse or every um every line every every word every every letter yes. uh contains uh significance and and not only that but it, there's layers of meanings um you know yes. which is something that i th- that uh you know it's really great that i'm hearing somebody actually describe some of these things because it's been it's not a struggle i would say but something that i've been struggling i guess to articulate uh, in a, in a clear way because I think when we start understanding these things and start looking at these things in the way that you're describing, uh, a lot of you know not necessarily contradictions, but maybe different views or different uh, takes on verses will become clearer. And some of the divide uh, between you know wh- what's written and and sort of the the dogma that gets written around it, I think we'll be able to sort of reconcile some of those things. Is that is that uh, an accurate description, or would you say that there's some other method there to try to grasp you know just just the various levels of what's happening in the Bible because it's again I, like I mentioned I, I think there's so many layers and I don't know how many uh, is there a, a pattern there yes. that uh, you know is it three layers <laughs> is it four layers it's five five it's five I can take any verse
3: any verse Gons any verse and I can tell you that it has five meanings Wow it has five values it has five facts, shall we say. It has five algorithms within it, every single verse. Mm. Um, the first layer is that which, with, with which it means, mm. what God is trying to say to you in truth. It has four layers beneath that. Uh, the Kabbalists know this. By the way, everybody needs to understand that the Kabbalists knows that the Bible is true. Right. Uh, all their calculations is based off the Bible, just like the Masons.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I hate to rain on everybody's party, but uh, <laughs> the Masons actually believe the Bible's true. It's Christians that don't. Right. Right. Uh, so that's kind of a big problem that we have. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you have your answer you've been seeking,
2: Gons. It's five. Every okay. single verse has five layers to it. Is there a reason to it, or is that just uh? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, how – Gans, let me just ask you this. Okay. How many cherubim were
3: embroidered upon uh, the cloak of the tabernacle? Five. 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 That's why. Now, I can tell you about 144,000 other reasons, but understand this. It's five for a reason. There are four cherubim that are round about the throne of the living God, mm. and there is one that is east of Eden. Right, if okay. You, so I could tell you a, a, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of reasons. It's, that's the way it is. Mm. It's that way in Revelation. It's that way in Genesis. It's that way in Jude. It's that way in Exodus. It's it's always that way.
2: Huh. Wow, <laughs> uh, it's it's just funny because uh, you know we interview some people that are uh, that have such insight that uh, you know sometimes I'm a loss for words and uh, you know <laughs> forgive me if I'm if I'm just sitting here uh, in awe because uh, it's a lot of information and a lot of it makes sense you know a lot of it is it's almost like there are things that. You know, I, I knew in my heart, but I just didn't have the means or the proper platform, if you will, to actually to articulate it in a sense. So uh, I think you're doing some great work here. But uh, is there um, just to start wrapping it up here? What are you working on now? Specifically, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier, but is there uh, something that you're looking forward to that you really want to dive into that you haven't yet uh, regarding uh, either biblical mechanics or, or any, anything else?
3: Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. Um well on a physical level uh we are uh transferring all of our things over uh right now we our videos are streaming on iTunes um we've been working for the past 2 weeks to get that accomplished so we're transferring everything over to video uh, that will be available on iTunes and and uh, Apple TV uh, that's the physical what we're doing of course in the middle of that uh, I'm also uh, continuing to work on the Days of Noah map. Um, in between there, well, I study the Bible. Uh, that's what I do. That's what I love. That's what I am. That that's that that is what I am. Um, this week, if you're wanting to know on a personal level what I was looking into, uh, I mentioned it earlier. I was uh, dealing with the frequencies. Um, That's what I spent my personal time in. Uh, The first thing I did was went through frequencies in the Bible, which I know by heart anyway, Uh, but I studied them again, and then I cracked open uh, encyclopedias, and then I went over to Purdue University and spent some time uh, in their physics department. And uh, so that's what I did on a personal level uh, this week. That was for my enjoyment. But uh, this week I've probably spent – Oh, I would say at least 10 hours uh, teaching uh, people here locally. Um, I at random get calls. Well, what does this mean? What What do I do about this? How do I do this? So a lot of my time is spent that way. Of course, on top of that, I'm married. Uh, so my children and my wife consumes lots of my time. So um, really, I just stand by this, Gons, that I'm good for something that is required by me. Or I will be cast out and trampled by, well, them. Right. So uh, that's what I do. Uh, That's what my heart is, is being good for something. Uh, And every day that means something different. Um, But uh, my big projects right now physically is uh, transferring everything from audio onto video that's available on iTunes and getting the Days of Noah map complete. Uh, That is… Of course, on a global scale, that takes a whole lot of work because uh, everybody needs to know there is no program that is made by man uh, that will take the lines of latitude and longitude and put it in a different place. That's happened to be done longhand. Right. Uh, So that's a monumental
2: task. Yeah. Just real quick, because I'm I'm curious. um, the, The landscape, if you will, in the days of Noah, I mean, it was different from what it is now. I've heard several theories of um, the firmament theory of, of, you know, perhaps a subterranean mass water, you know, and then a, mm-hmm. a land that sort of sat on top of it. And that's why the springs that came up from under. And then during the flood, all of it was sort of, uh, you know, the water was dispersed and things like that. So what is it that uh, you've discovered concerning the geographical landscape was prior to uh, the flood?
3: Well, the way it was before the flood is the exact opposite how it's going to be after the great day of uh, he who sits upon the throne. Um, What we're going to do – so I'm not sure. Uh, Let me explain one. Okay. Uh, Everybody needs to understand this, that that when we speed up our velocity and these – this massive influx uh, is injected into our system – we're going to expand greatly. Uh, this is why the Lord thy God tells you that uh, the exact opposite is going to happen, and all of the mountains will come crashing down, and he also says that all of the valleys will be made high. Right, right. We're going to stretch to the point that we're going to be ripped through the antipole to the Temple Mount. That's why if you look on the antipole to the Temple Mount, right there is Golgotha below the waves. You can plainly see the skull. On the mm. anti pole to the Temple Mount. So what it's going to look like is you're not going to have a fat place around the equator. We call this, um, y- you see, ladies and gentlemen, the earth is not round. It's fat around its belly around the equator. Right. On this day, that's going to be in the wrong spot. And through centrifugal force, we're going to have to become a perfect globe like we used to be. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to cause some catastrophic events. We've already been told about them ahead of time. Now, the sky will recede like a scroll. Right. Uh, there's a mechanical reason for that. Uh, so the earth will be very smooth. You will also have a canopy. Um, you will be in a permanent uh, air-conditioned uh, facility. Mm. Uh, what that means is that you're not going to be able to see through the cloud cover. Um, we will have a normalized uh, atmosphere... Uh, if you'd like to do some research on this, it's called a greenhouse effect. That's what's going to happen to us, just like the Bible says.
2: So there you have it. That was my conversation with Matthew Miller.
1: Oh, so- uh, the conversation you guys covered a lot of ground there.
2: Yeah, we covered a lot of stuff. Um, I think one of the highlights of the conversation was uh his mention of David Flynn. I think that was right. very powerful and just the fact that, you know, the respect David Flynn has in this genre of study. Yeah, um, absolutely. is very it's it's very influential and um I know that after the conversation that I had with Matthew, I went back and I opened up uh Sidonia, The Secret Chronicles of Mars, and I'm right. going through that again. And so it was good. It's it inspired me to get back into the Bible and learn a couple things about biblical mechanics and
1: Right. Yeah, I love it. It gave me a, a lot of different places to go. And you know uh, some of the stuff that he covered, although briefly, was really, really good. Some of the stuff about time travel was just fascinating. With you know the the position of the Earth being just a huge factor in time travel, and if you go back in time any increment that's not a year, you're just going to be left out in space, floating around because of the uh, you know the space time connection there and that's something that totally gets overlooked all the time I even overlook it and it's a big part of time travel mechanics so
2: yeah and I think also just real quick here I think right you know when he mentioned isochronal eschatology right which basically is talking about cycles and repetition it it made me speculate this possibility that as we travel through the cosmos and we kind of cycle through maybe when we go through a certain path that we've been through, the events that happen on the earth are similar. And I think there's something to that. And I think quite possibly there is, um, you know, the things that are discussed in Bible prophecy have to do with those time periods when, uh, you know, again, as in the days of Noah and the sons of God come down and, and I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I think that is needed because, You know, Most people say, as in the days of Noah, oh, it's the Nephilim. And it's like, well, not necessarily. It could be just the sons of God that come back and cause havoc, which I think is Matthew Miller's position of uh, these entities coming down Jacob's ladder and having flesh, literally becoming flesh and blood beings, and then them being very unhappy and torturing the world and stuff like that. So quite possible. And then I think another point that was uh, fairly interesting was this idea that and we didn't elaborate on it too much during the conversation, but this idea that time will dilate, if you will, at the end times, because God's going to basically knock the earth off its axis and the solar system and everything's going to be all messed up. Well, time is going to be experienced differently. And that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, uh, it it, it just seems like something that would go down. And and then also the fact that our physical bodies are going to be, in pain basically what he is, what he told us.
1: Right. Just from the, the cosmic changes. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. And until the resurrection, we're going to basically be suffering in agony. And, and then he alludes to that passage about, you know, you know, they will seek death and not find it. Although I don't know if I totally agree that that's, you know, what it's explaining, but he's the, the expert over there. So I, I, I can't refute it at the moment, but I don't know anything else stick out for you.
1: I mean, really everything did. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to it myself. And I, I imagine um, that you guys out there, uh, our listeners, are going to want to listen to that again and look to uh, something, that, something that caught your ear there during the interview and check it out. And we will definitely be returning to these subjects on a more detailed or at least you know pinpointed conversation uh, in the future because there's definitely a lot of, a lot of stuff there. Uh, We want to get a little bit deeper in, and maybe we will talk to Matthew Miller again.
2: Absolutely. And so uh, come check out the show notes again.
1: We'll have some nice show notes for you to uh, give you some places to start with something you may have heard, and and yeah, there we go.
2: Yeah, and uh, as we record this in December, we are scheduled to interview Dr. Michael Heiser in the very near future. So we're very excited about that, so make sure to keep checking back because, well, we'll probably have an episode up before the Mike Heiser interview is posted, but uh, it's something to look forward to as we uh, end Woo! the Mayan cycle.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's just, um, yeah, hopefully that we make it through that so we're able to post yeah, that. You, you
2: know what's cool is that we're going to be sort of documenting you know, as as a podcast, we're basically going to be documenting this event. You know, and a bunch of people are because you know they're either recording an episode on December twenty first or right or whatnot. You know, so yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens, which is probably right. nothing, but well, who
1: knows? <laughs> you never know. So there you have it. Thanks for tuning in again this week for this episode of Canary, Canary Radio. My name is Basil,
2: and I'm Gons. And always remember to think outside the cage.
1: Woo! You did it this time. I did it. There you go. I've done it. Don't get used to it.
2: (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. The show notes for this episode and many others are available at canarycryradio.com. Make sure to connect and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash canarycryradio. Follow us on Twitter at canarycryradio. If you would like to share the show in video format, you can find us on YouTube by searching Canary Cry Radio. Review us on iTunes with five stars and give us a thumbs up on stumbleupon.com. We would like to thank those of you who have given us your support, prayers, and donations. If you would like to join us and support Canary Cry Radio financially, you could do so by visiting canarycryradio.com and clicking the support tab. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, remember to think outside the cage.